Hey there, and welcome to the If She Did It podcast. I'm your host, Becky Fagan, a social media and business growth coach helping aspiring and new entrepreneurs kickstart their business and master Instagram marketing. In these episodes, we'll be talking all things entrepreneurship and social media marketing as a whole. You'll leave every episode energized and ready to bring yourself and your business to the next level. Welcome back to the If She Did It podcast. I am so stoked for this episode. We are interviewing my amazing coach, Alyssa Hammond. She has helped change my money mindset like you have no freaking clue how much she has changed my life and my money mindset. This episode is a good one. We talk about all different things. So definitely strap in and enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Alyssa. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay, Alyssa, I want you to start by introducing yourself, telling us what you do and how you got into what you do. (laughs) Mm, Okay. So hi everyone. My name is Alyssa Hammond. I'm a money strategist and mindset coach and I am Becky's coach. And that's, uh, we fell in love at I mean, we knew each other before Summit of Slay, but we met at a conference a couple months ago and just connected and like have just become great friends. So I got started, oh gosh, what do you, like, how do I like summarize my whole life in one sentence? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be one sentence. You can like talk for a few minutes. It's fine. Okay. I'll try and keep it short. But basically I, um, I've always been like the mom of the group and everyone has always come to me as their life coach before I even knew what it was. And then I really believe in signs. And I had three people tell me one day or literally within one weekend, I had three people tell me I should be a life coach and I didn't know what it was. So I went and looked it up. This was like three years ago. And I was like, holy shit, people get paid for this. Like I always said, I'd love to be a therapist, but I would like, I would end up telling them pieces of myself or we would, they would have my personal phone number. Like we would for sure be crossing boundaries. <laughs> and so like life coach, you don't have any of that. So I uh, went and got my certificate after I had been in the corporate world for like five years and was loved my job, but just wasn't particularly fulfilled. And uh, during that time I was paying for my husband's graduate school and we also bought a house and put 20% down and we renovated it and we're paying for that in cash. And so people started asking me like, Hey, could you life coach me, but on money? Cause I know that you, you know, you did all these things and that's what I want for my life. Can you show me how to do it? And so I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. And it, it just exploded. It was like, this person would tell their friend and then their friend would reach out and be like, can you help me with money? Cause I don't know what the hell I'm doing either. And so then eventually I realized that women are just not taught about money. Like this is basically a universal thing in our culture that it's totally acceptable for men to talk about money, but women not so much. And so I was like, you know, I want to, I want to change that the culture. And part of that means talking about money and normalizing it. Cause it is a little bit of a taboo to talk about how much we make and how much we charge and going after our dreams. Um, so I, it all kind of like blossomed starting from life coaching. So I always say, I'm like, I'm a money coach, but really like it all comes back down to mindset and life coaching and, and working through feelings of worthiness so that we can feel wealthy at any income level. Yeah. 
I love that too. I love that. Wealthy at any income level. Um, so, okay. So let's start. I loved what I asked you before we started recording when I was like, this is what I want to, this is one of the things I want to talk about on this episode. Let's start by you telling us if there were like, what are the top three things that people that are in like the beginning stages of their business should be focusing on when it comes to money? Okay. So if you don't know your income and your outgo, you're screwed basically. So by that, I mean, you got to know how much you're bringing in. Like you remember when we started working together, I was like, let's get the worksheet out and start filling out like how much are you making from each client and then add it all up and see when that clientele ends. Because when we know how much we're bringing in, we know how to dictate what we're doing with our money. We also need to know our outgo. So what does it cost us to live as a regular human, but also what's our business expenses there. So your income and your outgo is huge. The second piece would be, what are your goals here? I always ask my clients that, like, what are we working toward here? Because wanting to be good with money is like saying, I want to be rich. Like, what does that mean? For some people being rich is $30,000 a year and inheriting their grandparents' farm. And for some people being rich is 500 million. So it's like, that's a kind of a big range. What what are we talking here? So understanding your goals and writing them down, getting really clear on what we're working toward. And then from, if we know our income and our outgo and we know our goals, then the third piece I would say would be a plan. So creating a plan and when do we want to have this by having clear goals of what we're working toward and when we want to do it and how we're going to go about doing it. Yeah. So basically the first year of my business, yes, the entire first year of my business, I had no plan. Like I didn't do any of those steps. And I, when I, when we got on the phone to talk about working together, I was so stressed out. Like money stressed me out. So like literally my life was dictated around money. Like what, where is it coming from? What am I doing? Like, how can I spend, like, how can I spend at least like, how can I spend money on myself when I just put thousands of dollars for a coach on a credit card that I need to pay off. Like who am I to like enjoy myself? Like I don't have that money and I only had one bank account. So I was constantly stressed about, um, do I have enough money for taxes in my account? So I like wouldn't spend any money. And like, I feel like this is important to tell because I feel like this is helpful for people to hear this and to hear what shifted for me by taking these three steps that you just listed and then they can be like, oh shit, yeah, I do need to do these things. Like I can't like like shove this under the rug anymore. Like I do need to like think about this stuff. So like I had no idea how much I was making until we made that Excel sheet. No idea. I had no idea how much I was spent. I was like, I know it's a lot of money, but I don't know what I've spent on my business. And then we like opened a bunch of bank accounts and I put my money in different accounts. And then I like did a bunch of stuff for myself last month. Like I like got my nails done and I got my hair done and I bought some fancy shampoo and I like bought a nice new ring and I never buy things like that. And so I'm telling this because like, guys, if you're not taking care of your money, like this is what you have to look forward to. Like, I remember you messaging me and being like, was it your nails or your hair? But you're like, I'm getting my nails. I think it was your nails. I'm getting my nails done for the first time in so long. Alyssa, I'm so <laughs> excited. And I was like doing a little happy dance with you because Self-care is so important. And I think a lot of people resist hiring a money coach because A, they're scared to just take a real look at what's going on in their bank accounts, but B, they're worried that it's going to be someone coming in being like, all right, 
here's what you're doing, here's what you're not going to do. And it's very much a collaborative experience, right? So like, this isn't like, okay, Becky, I'm going to give you this formula. It's like, Becky, what are our goals? And if your goal is to have more self-care, which for everyone listening, if you're not doing three hours a week of self-care, start because your (laughs) money will skyrocket. I swear to God, when Becky, you can attest to this, when you feel good and you feel like you're taking care of yourself, you show up, you're more vibrant, you're happier, you're excited for your clients, you celebrate their wins, you celebrate your friends' wins. Everyone that you're talking to feels that you're in a high vibe state and they want to be in that. People are drawn to that like magnets. And so it's so easy to get clients when you're taking good care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to be an expensive thing, by the way. It doesn't have to be getting your nails done. It could be like, I've been like really into baths lately because just it's the only place that I go where I don't have to plan or like no one's getting in touch with me. It's like, I'm just like there and I'm just chilling. So it could be walking your dog, but have some kind of self-care routine is going to help you a lot with money. Yeah. It's made such a difference. Like how much I took care of myself last month and like spent money and like wasn't stressed about it. That's crazy. And then, <laughs> and then um, like starting the new year, I was like, okay, I'm going to like have more of a routine and I'm going to take care of myself. And I haven't necessarily like, journaled every night, which I want to do, but I've like sat down, even if it's just for five minutes and like read a book every night so far, pretty much this year. And that was something that last year I was always like, oh, I want to read. I want to read. I want to read. And I never read. And this year I'm like, I'm going to change that. And so like just making little shifts to take care of yourself and like feel good makes such a difference baby steps yes baby Baby steps steps. too too often i think we look at uh let's call it wealth right like whatever that is to us and we look at it as this huge mountain and we get overwhelmed but it the same way that you would like climb a mountain in a day you would climb a mountain in months which is what you want to be doing just one step at a time just take a little baby step so self-care for you is not only doing things like getting your nails done, but it's also reading and doing things that make you feel good and make you feel replenished. Yeah. I can't remember what my point was with that, but. <laughs> that self-care matters and it's important. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I think like when people are first, like in the beginning stages of business, when it comes to money mindset and stuff, it's always like, here are these money mindset um, like journal prompts, go journal. And a lot of people I think get stuck. Like I know when I was, when I was given those, I was like, and it wasn't from you the first time, like it was from another coach. I like did it, but I didn't really like go all in on it because I was like, Oh, I don't really have money problems. Like you don't really realize how maybe like insecure, insecure you are with money or unsure or whatever the case may be. Um, and I think the other, another really big thing is that that people sometimes might struggle on is like, you know, that question of, well, where are your money problems starting from? And like, you really helped me figure out that it doesn't have to come from like a a five-year-old experience. Like it can be more recent or something like that. So I'd love your take on like how you would talk, how you would tell somebody to work on figuring out where that's coming from, where they're like money, fears or blocks because just like the way you talked about it with me was so helpful and different than any person I've ever talked to about money blocks. Okay. So you know what I think would be super helpful for everyone listening would be what you did, like maybe what we worked on together that really helped you. And then if there's anything you're missing, I'll be sure to, to add it. Um, 
So I, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to hundred percent remember what we did, but I just remember we had a conversation and you were asking me about where like my money blocks were coming from. And I wish I knew where the paper was. I had this piece of paper that I was like writing a few notes down on as we were talking. You're like, okay, you need to write this down and you need to work on this and like think about all these things. And basically what you had me do was like talk you through all of my family members, like not just my parents, not just Mm. my sister, but like all of my family members and figure out where was it coming from? Because we realized that, um, like I just have had experiences in my life and like things said to me about money that I didn't know or didn't think about. And then when we like walked through it, we were like, no shit, I have money problems. (laughs) Yes. So I love that. So usually what I tell people to do is you can get a word document going and start writing out a timeline of all the things you've learned about money throughout your life. So for some of us, we're going to have memories of like our aunt saying like money doesn't grow on trees or we will see our cousins like really struggling to pay the bills and we'll witness these things. And when you're little, you don't understand that not everything everyone says is true. So as a little kid, you take it in. So if your family is like, you know, let's say your whole life, your kid, your family is like, we're poor rednecks, you know, cause that, that was kind of like part of my family. Like we, they say that and that, that's fine. Like we, they, we would joke about it, but, but as a kid, you internalize that and that becomes who you are. And so as you grow up, that can become a problem. And <clears throat> so if you write out that timeline, you'll get a really clear idea of what you've learned good and bad, but you'll also have a good list of people who have to- told you those things that you can forgive because we need to forgive them. It's like that old adage, you know, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. We got to release it. We got to move on. And it doesn't mean forgiving them. It just means like, well, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to get over it. It just, you know, try and move forward. And like, maybe that person's not a healthy person to have to have in your life, especially maybe not a healthy person to talk to about money. But I really come back to, I observe like what my clients say their excuses are, where are their excuses coming from? So if I'm working with someone and they say, oh, you know, I can't have this because I can't be rich because if I'm rich, my whole family is going to expect me to take care of them. I'm like, all right, let's address this. Let's dig into that. Is that true? What proof do we have that that's true? Is there a way to, to still have an outcome that's desirable without having the negative side effects? So in that case, it could be, yeah, maybe there's a way that you help out your family where like the entire load is not on your shoulders, where it's just at a point where it feels good to you, but there's no expectation from anyone because that is not your job to pay for everyone else. Yeah. So coming back to where our excuses are coming from, I would say is another big thing. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So this, I feel like is like a super broad topic, but I feel like I want to get on it and then we'll see where we go with it. Like I love having conversations with like that. So I'm sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I had to hop in here and talk to my beginner coaches for a minute. So anyone that's in the beginning stages of business struggling to sign clients consistently, or maybe you haven't even started signing clients yet because you don't even know where to begin. Now, I want you to close your eyes for a minute and imagine with me. Imagine getting your mindset right so that you can stop sabotaging your success. Imagine knowing exactly how to build out a program that you're confident in that is going to lead you to being excited to launch and get on sales calls. 
And then once you launch, you're going to be getting DMs from people dying to work with you. And those high ticket sales you deserve start pouring in. Imagine if that was your life. Imagine having confidence that surrounding your business through the roof. Like imagine your confidence being through the roof. Would you think I was crazy if I told you that this could all be your reality in the next couple of months? Because I am telling you, that's what the Abundant Business Academy will give you. It's all of that. You can have that. It's so freaking attainable and it is so close to reach. So if you want this life, then I urge you to head to the show notes and click the link in the show notes to learn more about the Abundant Business Academy and then schedule a call with me so that we can chat about the Abundant Business Academy and determine if it is the right fit for you. I really hope to talk to you soon. And without further ado, let's get back to the podcast. Why is money mindset important? Why would you say it's so important? Because if you don't have a good money mindset, then all the money you make, it's not going to feel in alignment. So like if I give you $100,000 and you're, you identify as someone who's poor, who sucks with money, you're going to be like, well, guess I got to blow this money. Like I'm not even kidding. I literally had a client who was a real estate agent, made $40,000 off of a, um, like there were a couple sales that they made and they went, they were like, come on, friends, I'm taking you to Vegas, all expenses paid. And they gambled it all away, $40,000 because they didn't feel in alignment with having that money. And so we had to not only talk about strategy, but we had to work a lot on mindset because again, if it doesn't feel in alignment, you will find a way to blow it. That's why a lot of people who get inheritances from family will just spend it because they're like, oh, I shouldn't use this money having fun. But then they feel guilty because they're like, my loved one probably would have rather that I use that for something that makes me happy than blowing it. Mm -hmm. So we got to, yeah, we, we got to have a good plan and mindset really is at the base of everything. Like my course that you have access to, which is called grown-ups guide to money, shameless plug. (laughs) It's really, it's a, it's a course that breaks down the eight most popular issues people have with money. And module number one is mindset. And it's because if you don't work on your mindset shit, then I can teach you all the strategy in the world, but you're not going to get your ass up off the couch and actually do anything about it. So you got to feel worthy of actually taking the time to get this fixed now while we're young so that we can be millionaires. Cause you know, Becky, my goal in life is more women millionaires. I'm working on it. I'm trying to educate women and it's happening. It's going to yeah. happen. Yes, honey. All of, all of the all of the women millionaires. That's the goal. I mean, all, everything I'm saying now, I'm like to to like when I'm like promoting my offers, I'm like, "Don't you want a profitable business? Like, let's make money." That's that's the goal. I love that. That's such but, a straightforward phrase. Yeah. We're like like to to me the um the phrase that I that we were talking about earlier that I'm like, "Dang, that's going to like change the way I explain what I do is wealth at any income level is what I help people do is like feel wealthy at any income level. And what you just said is yours. Like, don't you want a profitable business? Yeah. Yeah. But also wealth at any income level is so true. Like we need to celebrate everything. Like that's another really big thing. I think this comes in with money mindset is like people at the beginning of their business, especially because, you know, once you're further on in your business, you're probably making you know, fuck ton of money. So 
you're good. But like in the beginning stages, it's like, oh, like really striving for that 10K month. And it's like nothing, nothing matters until I hit 10K months. But it's like, no, that 1K month is a win for you. That 2K month, yes. like everything is a win for you. I did a live yesterday and I was like talking about, it was kind of like how I would manage to make over $50,000 in 2019. And I ended up getting on this rant about how like, you know, some people might question, why is she even talking about that? She didn't hit a hundred thousand. Like, why does that matter? It's just 50, like, it's just 50,000. But like, can we stop and think for a second? If like you make even $30,000 on your own, like your own business, that's more than most entry-level jobs. Yeah, it's, it really is amazing. Thank you for saying that. The like celebrate everything. Cause what you just said reminds me of a article I was reading. I think it, I don't want to say it's from the New York times, but I think that's what it was. And it was saying back in like 1995, the average income coming out of school was 36 K. And now as I think it was as of like 2017 or something, the average income coming out of school is 32,000. So it's gone down even though like houses are significantly more. My parents bought and sold a house around those times. And it was like, the price was like a hundred thousand dollars difference, but people are coming out of school making less. And so that's one of the problems with millennials, right? Is like, that's not a problem with millennials. It's a problem millennials face is a lot of our parents are like, by the time I was your age, I had a house and three kids. And it's like, yeah, you probably also weren't spending 80% of what you make just to live. Yeah. Just to survive. It's so, it's so crazy. Like the house I grew up in when my parents moved to Long Island, it costs less than like $300,000 for a house there. Now houses there are sell for well over a million dollars. Like that's insane. Talk about an investment, by the way. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Seriously. I'm like, damn. I, I, uh, when I was in California, did I tell you when I was in LA, this Uber driver was like, we're, we get to talking. He's like, oh yeah, I was in Forrest Gump. I played her boyfriend. Did I tell you the story? I don't think so. Okay. So he's like, yeah, I'm the guy who like punched Jenny in the face on, he played her boyfriend in Forrest Gump. And so around that time, he, when it was filming, he bought a house in Venice for like 400,000 on the canal. And he was like, it's kind of a rough area. So it just, you know, I got it for a steal and he just got it appraised for $2.9 million. It's, I know. It's, wow. Yeah. It's, that's where it's at is in the homes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we can, if, if you think your audience would be interested, we could talk about like real estate as one of your, as one of not yours specifically, but one of one's uh, streams of income to make money because like renovate, I've renovated two houses now. And that is one of the ways that I make money yeah. for myself. Yeah. Let's talk. I think streams of income talking about that is cool because I think even though the, like, I mean, you never know really, right? Like what level people are at when you're recording a podcast and people are listening, like you can have your ideal target in mind, but whoever listens and finds it beneficial, finds it beneficial. But I think that no matter where you're at in business, we like thinking about money and it's like fun to talk about this kind of stuff. So no matter what, it's like, this is exciting. Um, so yeah, I feel like let's talk about streams of income because that's fun. And like, like I tell, tell me your thoughts on this. Like I read once that like, most millionaires have like seven streams of income. 
Yep. Seven. Yeah. So real estate is a really good one to have, but you want to make sure that you're doing it in a way that you're not like going to drown in it. Mm -hmm. So like this house that I bought, I got for 260,000 and it was, uh, it was a foreclosure. So it normally would have been like three, let's say 305. So we got it for 260 and we spent a year renovating it. Honestly, don't feel like it was worth it, but <laughs> we're going to sell it now for like hopefully 355. So that's like, you know, a little less than $100,000 of quote unquote profit. Now, where I ask myself if it was worth it is once you pay the realtor, you know, 20 grand and you calculate that I've spent an insane amount of time on this house and an insane amount of money and all my excess income for the last year. Um, was it worth it? I don't know. But I think it's a great option to buy real estate as a stream of income for, um, let's say you live in like a, you, you have access to buy a great house at a good price. Let's just say that. So you're not buying a newly renovated house that's at like the top of the market. Um, not that that's necessarily a bad investment, but you won't, if I was to go around, turn around and sell it, I wouldn't necessarily make anything. Whereas with my house, I got such a good deal that even with minor upgrades, I was still going to get a good chunk of money. So if you want to buy it and you want to live in it for a couple years and then maybe you can rent it out, my first house, I'm a landlord for that one. And that first house, we, I put 20% down. So my mortgage is really low. It's only 1550 and I charge 2400 for that. Yeah. So I'm making 850 a month. It's yeah. insane. It's crazy that I'm, my plan is actually like, even though I'm moving up to Virginia next month, um, I want to buy a house in Lexington, Kentucky. That's, which is really funny. Like the first house I buy is not going to be a house that I live in. The first house I buy is actually going to be like an income thing because since I've lived here for so long and it's such a small city, I see the gentrification happening and I know where it's happening and I know when it's happening and I know essentially how much longer we have until the stock, the prices of houses here like blow up. And so I'm going to get one in an area that's still not gentrified but it's going to be gentrified and I'm going to get it for like a really good price and then I'm going to renovate it and then I'm going to Airbnb it. And then one day if I want to, I can sell it. For sure. I, I genuinely think Lexington's going to blow up because of, you know, the Derby and everything. And there's so many entrepreneurs over there and there's, uh, yeah, I think that's a good investment. I there's, it's really, it's really quite, it's really quite crazy. There's like at least a hundred people that show up to like the monthly entrepreneur stuff here. Like, wow. Wild. Wild. Yeah. So, um, that's probably a good move for you. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people will get a house and then just rent it out. And which is so crazy. Like you're, you're a landlord before you ever like feel like a homeowner, but yeah. it is a great method. If you are looking into it, highly, highly recommend checking out the bot, the podcast called bigger pockets. It's so good. I was thinking about getting another house when we had our first one and I had a six hour drive to New York and someone was telling me they had come and they came to buy a dresser for me. They saw my first house. They were like, you did this. You should, you should flip houses for like a living. And I was like, mm, no, you know, I had just done, um, I had like just left my job and I was like, I really just want to focus on coaching. And he was like, just check out bigger pockets. And I listened to them. I listened to one episode and then I was hooked. I listened to it all six hours on the way there and all six hours on the way back because there's so many good tips on making smart choices with real estate and how to become landlords and how to do it and how to flip houses in a way that makes you a lot of money. So if you're looking, 
at real estate in any capacity, money wise, check out Bigger Pockets. They're by far my favorite podcast for stuff like that. Awesome. What was the cha- what was like the breaking point for you that you were like, I need to work on my money mindset? Mm. So I had a little bit of a shopping addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you reflect back on things, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So you can you can easily see like, oh, I was lonely, or oh, I should have gotten out of that relationship, and this was how I coped with it. But I very much coped with whatever I want by having something exciting to look forward to. And that was either new things to wear or new packages coming my way. And I was nannying. It doesn't sound like a lot of money, but I was making $250 a week and I was just blowing it. And that was like, that was just extra money that I had. And I was, it was just gone. And I was like, where the actual hell is this going? And when I took a real firm look at it, I realized that I was spending it on clothes mostly. And I was just like, I can't do that. Like, I'm never going to be financially stable if I live like this. I, I was good about money in high school when everything was paid for, for. And then when I was on my own, it was very different. Um, so, you know, I really addressed like, what is the source of why I'm shopping and why I'm spending money like this? And what am I trying to feel? And that was in my own way, like an intuitive way, I guess, of working through my money mindset. And then also just, you know, I was raised by my mom. Uh, she's a single mom of three kids. My dad died when I was 10 and she was just a fucking badass and watching her do it. No excuses. She did. She, I mean, she literally like could not make excuses. She had three children to raise. So watching her do it was empowering for me and making me feel like, okay, like I do not need a man to take care of me. She also did this awesome thing when we were kids and I'm for sure going to do this with my kids, but she was like, all right, you guys have so many expenses between getting haircuts and like new clothes you want and going out with your friends. I feel like you guys are always asking me for money. So I will give you guys a hundred dollars a month to spend however you want, but when it's gone, it's gone. And it, it was it, like, this wasn't for food or anything, but it was like, she said, if you want to go to Hollister and get an $80 pair of jeans, you do that. But that means you will not be able to go out with your friends. You won't, won't have any money over or any money left over. And so that got me really interested in being frugal. And it made me start to think about the things I do versus just like, you know, prior to that I was just like, Hey mom, can I have more money? And she felt like an ATM. So it really that was a huge thing that got me thinking about like the value of something and how often I'm going to use it and, and like having foresight into the future and how the, the way that I spend my money could positively or negatively affect me. Yeah. I love that with that in mind. So you kind of had this like upper hand being a money coach and that like you started your money mindset work and, and like work and like get knowing all things money, like before you really became a coach, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was not like, oh, let me figure out how to coach people around money while I'm still figuring it out. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot, but like I've been studying it for like over seven years now. Right. So if you could inject yourself into like somebody that is just starting a business and like hasn't like is stressed about money like crazy, like doesn't know where to begin, um, maybe like doesn't even want to necessarily acknowledge it because it's so scary for them, like the thought of it. If that was you, knowing what you know now, what would you say you would have, you would have done like first to start working on things? 
So you're saying I, I have my knowledge and I'm like dropped into someone's body where they're in a situation where they're like a newbie coach and they don't really have savings and they're like kind of scared about where their paycheck is going to come from. Yeah. Do they have a day job? Um, yeah, let's say that they have a day job, but they like, so, so let's, let's make the example, like they have a day job, but maybe they're not making a lot of money. So they want like a better life for themselves. and They want to enjoy what they're doing. So they're becoming a coach, but they're trying to figure out like how they're going to get started, like how they're going to save money. And like, can they even hire a coach to help them? Okay. I gotcha. So when possible, we want to use our day job as an angel investor in our business because, um, that that's the point of making money at our job is to like live a better life. It's not to just pay our bills and die. So if all you can do right now is pay your bills and then the money's gone, I would really consider getting a better job. Like not even kidding before I focus specifically on female entrepreneurs, when I was working with just any woman who maybe had a day job, um, almost 80% of them applied for new jobs while they were working with me because when they sat down and they did the numbers, they were like, what the actual hell? Like I'm working so hard and they think it's them. And then they're like, damn, like I'm being way underpaid. You know, they they tell me, they just don't even think about it. And they're like, well, yeah, I haven't gotten a raise in three years or yeah, I make $10,000 less than my male counterpart. And I'm like, uh, ask for a raise. Like, what are we doing here? And it comes back to worthiness, right? Like this is why women need to talk about money. But our day job can be our, you know, our, our angel investor in our business until we're making money. Um, I would also say that coaching is not for everyone. Like you genuinely, you have to have a coaching spirit. You have to have a giving spirit. You have to be very uh, naturally loving. You have to be uh, willing to work on yourself and your shit, or you're just not going to succeed. I think a lot of coaches, not a lot of coaches, but I, I have seen people come into the industry because they're like, oh, I see the freedom coaches have. I'm going to make that work. And it's like, mm, coaching works really well with like a certain type of personality. So if you're, if you genuinely care about what you're doing and you genuinely want to help people, then write out your goals, understand your income and your outgo, um, create a plan for when you want to quit your job, set goals you want for your business that you're working toward. Cause until we have goals, it's just aimless, right? Like what's like, I don't know if I'm getting new clients. If you know, I need to be getting two new clients a month in order to hit my goal and leave my job in six months, then you know exactly how much you should be working and when you can stop. I don't want to say you need to keep working until you stop, but I will say the beginning of your business, you're going to work harder than you will later because you're, you're figuring it all out. So right. definitely don't start a business if you're like, oh, I just, you know, want to work like one to two hours a week. Don't be a coach at least. <laughs> it's it's going to be hard to completely replace your income if you, if you're not willing to put in some extra work. And I, I will say like, I was able to go part-time at my job and that helped me a lot because I didn't want to work nights and weekends. I'm not saying you have to work 24 hours a day, but if you're really serious about it and you set a plan, then I would, I would just keep challenging. Anytime I tell myself that I think I can't do it, I would, I would ask myself what the source is that's making me believe that. And let's say I'm following people on Instagram who make me feel like shit. I go on, follow them and I go follow people who make me feel like I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's all so good. Um, okay. So last question for you. I asked this to everyone that comes onto the podcast would love to hear what you would say. So since this podcast is all about inspiring people to go after their dreams, if someone is thinking about starting their own business, but is scared to get started, what would you want to tell them? Ooh, 
that I genuinely think whatever you're most passionate about, we can find a way to make it profitable. And that too many of us are told that if we love it, then it has to be a hobby, but that's bullshit. And we can absolutely make money off of whatever we love to do. And if you love to do it, you will be successful at it because you're already talking about it and thinking about it and researching it anyway. So Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised at how good you are. And all it takes is like one person to hire you and believe in you. And that's what started it all. You know, it's just that one person who's like, Hey, can you coach me on this? I want you to be my coach. And just know that there's other people out there who won't take the action needed unless it's coming from you. So There may be other people out there that you compare yourself to, but there's only one you that's gone through your experiences and that's why they'll be drawn to you. So you, if it's something you're passionate about, just go do it. I think everybody's answer on this podcast has been great, but that might've been like the best answer. (laughs) That was so good. I love that. I really did. Um, Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been so fun. I love it. And I can't wait to listen to it later. Yay. Okay. I hope you loved that episode. So much fun. Um, if you would like to check out Alyssa's program that she mentioned in this episode, the information for that, the link to learn more about that and get yourself into it is in the show notes. So definitely check that out. Um, the information for the Abundant Business Academy is also in the show notes. Get yourself into there before it's too late. Schedule your call with me, girl. Let's talk about it. Let's see if you're the right fit for the program. Um, and then the last thing, before I let you go is it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review for this podcast. If you include your Instagram handle in the review, then you will be in the running to win a free 45-minute strategy session with me. Um, I will be picking one winner every single month. So at the end of January, I will pick a winner. I will announce it on the podcast as well as on my Instagram. So yeah, leave a podcast review so that you can be entered to win that strategy session. And I will see you next time on the If She Did It podcast.